Welcome back, everyone, to Your Life, God's Word, where we take the principles found in Scripture and we apply them to our everyday lives, those areas that are most important, faith, family, and community. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're here with another episode. Uh, apologies for last week. If you were looking for uh, the podcast, uh, we didn't have time to get into one. It had just a tremendous amount of stuff on the on the old plate and didn't have a chance to, uh, to get to the recording. But we're back this week. We are back this week. Hopefully, absence makes the, uh, the heart grow fonder. Uh, we'll, we'll see about that. <laughs> I uh, the social media gurus are probably get like yeah right no it doesn't absence makes you look like you know like like you disappeared but um I I have been reading a uh, a book that was recommended to me and I wanted to share some of that um on the podcast here I'm a l- little bit into it a couple of chapters in and wanted to maybe do a little series on this because <clears throat> it actually ties into some of the stuff that we just um, we just came through when we were talking about the the beast as the systems of this world and how the Bible kind of portrays that. You can go back and watch the uh, watch the last couple of um, episodes where we did that. But I also wanted to let folks know that coming up in the uh, in the month of May, we if you tune into the Sunday services, we're going to be focusing on um, something specific during this month. And we've got a uh, guest minister coming in the first weekend of the month 
His name is Larry Smith, and uh, he's very kingdom like oriented. Very you know tries to think in terms of the kingdom of God. And I think most most people probably just assume that's a natural way of looking at things. But I will say that I, I actually think it's the majority. <laughs> I could be wrong about that. But sorry, I need a little water there. I uh, I think I, I think the majority actually of um, people that are that are Christians tend to not think so much in terms of the kingdom of God as a whole, the purposes of God, some of the stuff we just again talked about with like the beast and all that stuff. <clears throat> I think a lot of times we think in terms of. I get saved when I die, you know, I get to go to heaven, maybe try to be a good person, though that's probably narrowly, you know, well, not narrowly, but like broadly defined, not really defined much at all. There's a lot of ambiguity there. What does that mean? Uh, Go to church, check the box on Sunday, and then the rest of the time you're just kind of getting by in this world. Whereas Jesus came and his, his primary focus was on the kingdom of God. Part of that is things like us being born again into the kingdom. Uh, our salvation is a, is an integral part of that. But 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 if you step back and look at the full picture, it's actually a picture of the kingdom of God that started before there was ever this physical creation, it, and it went into Adam and Eve and, and continued on from there. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think that's a natural way of looking at things, and I think that's a just a function of how the church has sort of, in my opinion, diminished greatly in the West and uh, sort of gotten off track. But I think a lot of places are starting to rekindle that and see that and kind of bring that back to the forefront. And again, Larry Smith is going to be kicking some stuff off for us this uh, this uh, coming weekend with some of that and and it's not you know ooh all oh, the lights and glamour you know the, the the spiritual warfare and all this stuff it's the precursor to spiritual warfare we did a series i don't know like i think a couple of years ago now on wednesday nights <clears throat> walking through the book of ephesians when we got to ephesians 6 it was like you know oh yeah here we go we're putting on the armor of god you know we we wrestle not against flesh and blood and all that but see, Ephesians 1 through 5 kind of gets you to Ephesians 6, right? And in Ephesians 4 and 5 specifically, we see a whole bunch of Scripture on the character and the type of person that Christians are supposed to be, people who are disciples of Jesus Christ. And it's really only those kinds of people that should be dabbling into spiritual warfare, because if you start kicking a hornet's nest, if you start stirring up things in the spirit, stirring up uh, demonic activity, stirring up, you know, going after ground that uh, or territory that Satan thinks is his, you start pushing into uh, revival and evangelism. But you have you know serious character flaws, issues in the things like. You know, your marriage, uh, your work, your, again, character, your attitude. That's where the enemy is going to be able to come in and gain a foothold, maybe shed the light on some things, maybe stir up some things. And that's why uh, 
true disciples who really do want to do spiritual warfare. That is a thing. We, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We battle against uh, principalities and these things. But in order to do that battle, we have to properly attire ourselves. And it's not just waking up and praying the armor of God, right? Oh, I woke up today and I uh, I prayed the armor of God, the breastplate of righteousness and the shield of faith. And then you, you know, turn around and treat your wife like dirt. You got, you know, you're, you're, you're very deceptive in your business dealings. Uh, you, you aren't connected to the body of Christ. I mean, these are things that like, come on. You know, a soldier that goes out in the battlefield and is like, yeah, I don't really need to, I don't need to worry about like basic training. That's just silly. I don't even know how to operate any of the, the, the uh, armaments that I have. I'm just going to go out there and do battle. That dude's going to be dead in two seconds, right? And probably get everybody else with him killed too. So that's why as we move forward, we are going to be spending a bunch of time on things like what it means to be righteous. What does it mean to have the fruit of the Spirit? Lots of people want the gifts of the Spirit, and we should. We should hunger after them, as Paul says. We should um, pursue them, and we should operate in them. Um, but if we're coming together and there's great gifts of the Spirit just flowing, um, but we don't walk away and have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, like there is something wrong. There's a major disconnect and there's a major glaring problem and issue. And that's why, again, we're going to spend so much time uh, talking about it and going through it. So the Sunday services, again, we are going to be um, taking those services and devoting the time to... um, these topics. <laughs> so as you tune in, we'll be uh, we'll be working through that. But what I wanted to talk about today is this book here. It's called The Return of the Gods. Uh, sorry for those on uh, like Spotify and the podcast where you can't actually see, but don't worry. It, uh, it does look cool and you can find it on you know Amazon or any kind of place that books are sold. It's by Jonathan Kahn. And uh, today I'm just going to talk a little bit about the premise of the book and uh, probably just just drop it right there. I'm not going to get into a whole lot of specifics, um, but it's a very, to me, it's a very interesting perspective. And I think it's, in my opinion, again, accurate. I've actually talked about this uh, over the years uh, on the podcast and even before we ever even had a podcast, uh, similar type of understanding. But if you, if you say, Hey, we, you know, we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We, 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 uh, we, we don't war in the flesh necessarily, right? Our war in the flesh is generally against our own flesh. As I just talked about quite a bit, we need to walk as righteous disciples of Jesus Christ, bearing the fruit of the spirit and uh, then we can adequately go and do battle with the enemy and he doesn't have a way we haven't handed him the ammunition to destroy us right but in this book the return of the gods the the return of the gods the the basic premise is right the gods i mean it's a title of a book so it's capitalized but really he's talking about little g gods he is referring to the demonic uh, spiritual forces that were behind the, again, quote-unquote, gods of the Old Testament, for instance. 
uh, when you look at uh, Dagon, right? What is Dagon? Well, it, you know, it's just a statue, but there was a force behind Dagon, a demonic entity. And we talked about this again when we did the series on the beast. Please go watch that. I talk about that in like Ezekiel uh, 28, Isaiah chapter 14, for instance, going to a little bit of uh, Revelation, you know, the angel of the church and that kind of stuff. But now, uh, what is the premise? The premise is that uh, over time, the the gods were sort of forgotten, right? These demonic entities, they were um, the, the, the Christian um, zeitgeist came into the world, like this, this understanding of Christianity and what Jesus did, and uh, in the Roman world, for instance, uh, much of it became Christianized, and of course, with Constantine and all that, it was like, hey, the whole, we are, we are now a, a Christian empire, um, and they, people neglected the temples, people didn't do as much uh, worship of these entities, especially like regionally, right? Where you have the uh, the Assyrians have their god, and the Edomites have their god, and you know the, these uh, the Jebusites have their god, and they they just that that kind of stuff didn't really um, happen as much. Of course, you had in the Roman and the Greek worlds things like Zeus, right, Dionysus, uh, Poseidon, right, all these different uh, pantheon of gods, and he makes the connection uh, between some of these. And it's interesting. If you go watch our series, we again, we did a series on American Jezebel. It was like five, six, seven parts. And in that, I specifically talked about the, the connection between Baal or Baal, B-A-A-L, right? Uh, and, and, and Zeus in Roman times, right? Rides on the clouds, has the thunderbolt, all this stuff. And that this is the same entity, just projecting in a different name. I mean, it doesn't necessarily care if you call it something different, uh, but projecting and you know trying to uh, assert itself and be worshipped and be lauded and all this. And Christianity ended a lot of that. Christianity did end a lot of that. It had a worldwide impact. And I mean, look at our calendar, right? B.C. and A.D. Right before Christ and and it was Anno Domini, uh, the year of our Lord. I mean, there are so many things that we just take for granted that we don't notice that are actually built on and based on and influenced by what happened <laughs> right? when Jesus came. We just take it for granted. It, oh, yeah, whatever. And what happens is over time, we take it for granted, and then we start thinking we don't need that. And when I say we, I don't mean me, I don't mean maybe you, but maybe you're listening to this and you're you're searching. Maybe you're listening to this, or maybe you have a friend that needs to hear some of this stuff, and you should share this. And while you're doing that, you should subscribe to the podcast as well, and you should leave us a review on Spotify and the other podcast uh, services. But uh, shameless plug right there. But w- what I'm getting at is we think we can just hold our culture together with the Constitution of the United States, for instance, or with uh, this uh, ridiculous idea of liberal democracy. Oh my goodness, wow. (laughs) What's next? Nuclear? Um, Liberal democracy. 
right? The enlightenment, that's what's, that, that's really, it was the enlightenment that gave us all of these, these things that we enjoy, the, the blessings and the prosperity and, you know, the individual, um, uh, worth and all this stuff that we have in the United States. That is absolutely absurd. If you actually go back and look at history, uh, there were more. There was more than one revolution that uh, came out of what we can call the Enlightenment. If you go and you look at the French Revolution, for instance, it was nothing like the American Revolution. The French Revolution was bloody, murderous, horrible, an absolute Mad Max, Mad Maxian <laughs> type of affair. And the reason for that was it was a godless revolution. The reason why a Christless revolution. The reason why the American revolution, quote unquote revolution, uh, the, the reason why it was successful was because they tried to tie themselves and tether themselves to Christian, right? Judeo, meaning Judaism, uh, Judeo-Christian fundamentals, Judeo, a, a Judeo-Christian foundation. I'm sorry. Uh, other systems do not work long-term. Other systems crumble and fail. They turn into totalitarianism. They turn into, quote-unquote, survival of the fittest. They lend themselves to all the depravity and disgusting stuff that happens when it comes to uh, human beings just running the show. Go read the book of Judges, right? Over and over it says in there, well, over and over, maybe half a dozen times or something, it says, you know, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. That's kind of the libertarian view, right? Liber I, I agree with a lot of things with libertarians, a lot of things uh, when it comes to government and that kind of stuff. But I will tell you that libertarianism will ultimately, if it is fully implemented, it will ultimately fail. It will end in chaos and destruction. It will end in the book of Judges. Everybody doing what's right in their own mind. But guess what? Everybody's not going to do what's right in their own mind and just leave everybody else alone. That is not a thing that's going to happen. Uh, we could all wish it. We could all hope it. We could all say, oh, we just think everybody should just live and let live. That's not going to happen. There will always be somebody, right? Go ask the Chinese about Chairman Mao. Go ask the uh, the USSR about guys like Lenin and Stalin. All right, go ask uh, uh, go ask Cuba how that's going. Okay, I'm telling you right now what the and again, the average person in these places doesn't necessarily want all this tragedy and totalitarianism and strict obedience to the government or else. Uh, I was thinking Cambodia and Pol Pot was the other one. Go ask Cambodia, you know, how that, how that worked out. I'm telling you, uh, various countries in Africa, uh, all across the world, there, there are examples all across the world where we can see that when you take the Judeo-Christian ethic, the Judeo-Christian uh, principles out of, out of the mix, and you just try to have a, uh, a system, you try to have mankind just kind of govern itself. We don't need all these other things. Hold that thought, okay? A guy like Bill Maher, if you know who Bill Maher is, he says a lot of things that make sense because some things are just kind of you know, just kind of common sense, right? But common sense will will be obliterated and disappear if everybody changes and says, no, this is the new common sense. What does common sense stand on, right? Uh, you, oh, well, well, biology and the enlightenment, 
Wrong. Wrong. Because post-enlightenment thinking, post-enlightenment thinking is exactly where we are. Once you get to enough generations after a godless, a godless enlightenment. Now, when I say enlightenment, I'm not talking about people who uh, uh, incorporated God into those principles, right? We have much uh, progress in the area of science, in the area of medicine, in, the, in, in all areas of life, really, brought on by Christians, people with a Judeo-Christian background. If you look at some of the most famous, famous educational institutions, right, places like Princeton and Harvard, they were originally created as like Christian, overtly Christian university. I think it was, mm, I'm not sure if it was Harvard, maybe Princeton. Like their original mission statement was like to share the light of the gospel with the world or something like that, right? Oh, how they have fallen. Um, and hospitals, right? Many, many, many of the original first hospitals, the original concept came about from what? It came about from the Judeo-Christian ethic of helping those in need, maybe that could not help themselves. Things like orphanages, right? Where do these things come from? Uh, they don't come from enlightenment thinkers sitting in a room and going, hmm, let's think big thoughts. What could we do here? I will tell you what comes out of the enlightenment thinkers who kick God out of the room. What comes is 100 million dead under Marxism, communism, fascism, whatever you want to call those things. They're all they're all branches. They're all fruit from the same poison tree, right? And again, I don't have time to get into all this. This is stuff that's swirling around my brain that I eventually, I'd love to build out into a, I don't know, a book or a series of podcasts or both or something. But you look at something like um, people will contrast Stalin and communism with Hitler and Nazism. Uh, they forget that Nazi in German means uh National Socialists, okay? It, it, okay, it was a different kind of socialism than communism was, <laughs> right? The, these are things that are all stemming from this idea that man is the center, man is the focus. And so somebody like Bill Maher, for instance, um, I've heard he's a very popular guy. I've heard him say uh, you know, some, some things that they, they make sense, and he is challenging. He's a man of the left, a man of the that... that, that uh, left-wing ideology, and he doesn't like where it's going. But see, the thing is, he doesn't understand this is the inevitable end of that way of thinking. He's also very anti-religion, very anti-Christianity, very anti-Bible. Every time he gets a chance, he's taking jabs, making pokes at the Bible and Christians and things like that. And the funny thing is, he doesn't understand. He doesn't understand that the the bullets that are headed his way from his side of the aisle, right? The only way they get fired is through the gun of atheistic liberal democracy. An atheistic liberal democracy will always descend into a Marxist socialist hellhole. That is the way it's going to happen. If you look at through history where there were there were places where you had some kind of democracy or you had you had solid regimes, what but they but they kick God out of it, what do they turn into? 
okay? Now, does that mean that just because you have a cross uh, on the symbol of your flag or like you, you get up and your your president or prime minister or leader or whoever it is, your ruler, puts their hand on the Bible and says, I will uphold the word of God, does that mean like you're, you're, you're safe? No. You actually have to operate by the principles of the kingdom of God. And this is where many, many people have legitimate, legitimate problems with things like the Spanish Inquisition or what went on in Rome after it was now it's now it's quote unquote Christian Emperor Constantine you have the uh, uh, the, the Roman Catholic Church now this isn't all Catholics today of course not no but they did I mean they, they would burn people at the stake uh, not just because they were a heretic of the church but because they were political enemies all right that is there's no place for that in the Bible none. You don't see any of that. So they're operating outside of the true Judeo-Christian foundation and ethic. And that is what I'm talking about. The, the, the foundation of society, the foundation of a um, ongoing, continual, thriving society is going to be a Judeo-Christian ethic. Why? Because the natural state of man, you know, Darwin actually got, you know, one thing right. Uh, he was absolutely absurdly, ridiculously nonsensical in most of what he said and believed, but he did have something right, right? The natural tendency of mankind is survival of the fittest and to the extreme. Literally, if I can take something from you, I will. If I can dominate you, I will. If I can uh, enslave you, I will. And if I can't, I will, I will destroy you. Right, that is the natural state. Now, is that every single person? Uh, maybe not every single person individually, but collectively, there will always be somebody who is ready to take the reins of power, and that's how they will operate. And under a Darwinian, uh, hello, Bill Maher, and everybody of his ilk, all right, under a Darwinian mindset, there is nothing wrong with that. That's exact. Okay, we're just. Stardust. We're just floating around. Why should it, why should a human being be nice to another human being if in being harsh to them, they actually are able to thrive better? Right? Why should they? I right? This is where you get into the the oughts. You ought to do this. Well, well, based on what standard? Why ought I do that? Right? In a Darwinian type of mentality, there are no oughts. You just do what you gotta do, man. Okay, and that's the problem. That's the problem. At the end of the day, that's how human beings are. Go read the book of Judges. <laughs> okay, at the end of the day, libertarians, hear me. Okay, at the end of the day, this is how people will operate. And so we've got to have, society must have, mankind needs a strong, if I can call it a gravitational force that brings it hones it in and we have a tradition we have yes a tradition we have a tradition we have a set of principles that transcend just the human brain that we operate by if we do not have that Pol Pot is inevitable Stalin is inevitable okay it is inevitable and we can see that all through history I don't care if you go all the way back to the early Americas where one tribe okay was killing the other tribe and taking their women, all right, right, enslaving the other, you know, people, again, I have 
Uh, my great-grandmother, I've said this before, but I'm talking about it, so I'm going to say it now. My great-grandmother was full-blood Cherokee. Full-blood. Don't, please, don't send me a check. I'm not looking for reparations. Okay? Of the horrors and things that people did to, yeah, my ancestors. All right? You don't see me crying and out there in the public square and demanding freebies. No, I'm not. No, no. Because bad people uh, have always done stuff to other people. And all people are pretty much bad at the end of the day <laughs> if you give them, give them enough opportunity. Um, but yeah, people were enslaving people since the beginning of time. Uh, people have murdered people since the beginning of time. People have robbed and cheated and plundered since the beginning of time. And this is, this is just how it's going to be. And so you have to have a strong, some kind of strong transcendental tradition that this is what we're aiming for. This is what we're shooting for. This is what we base everything off of. And the founders of this country, they didn't all believe the Judeo-Christian ethic, but they did all appreciate it, okay? Maybe there were a few here and there that didn't, but I mean, go ahead and feel free to point them out to me. The majority, the vast majority, even the ones who were not like hardline, you know, like Baptists or Anglicans or whatever, they at least did appreciate what they were aiming for. Now, some of them flirted a little bit with the French, you know, in the, in the French Revolution, but when they saw the horrors of the French Revolution, they quickly retracted, okay? Um, and what's that famous quote that came out of the French Revolution? Uh, something to the effect of, we won't be satisfied until we strangle the last king with the, with the entrails of the last priest, okay? That was the mindset of the French Revolution, all right? Go look it up. Go look it up. Check it out, okay? That's what's happening in our country right now. All right. So again, I've made a quick, very high level summary of my position that we need a strong focus on the tradition of Judeo Christianity. The Old and New Testaments coming, the Old and the New Testaments coming together, all right, as our basis and our baseline for how we will operate society. Now, as we've moved away from that, I started this conversation with this, and then kind of went around here. It was kind of like a hit the movie, and then here comes the prequel, and now I'm back, right? We have moved away from that. In moving away from that, we have opened the door. We have moved away from God. We have moved away from our Judeo-Christian heritage. We have opened the door for a return of these demonic forces that back in the day had a strong uh, following, they had strong adherence. They had uh, much of the world captive. And we are heading back to that. I hate to break it to you. Um, I've said this before on my own, just seeing, kind of seeing how things, you know, patterns and stuff. And I'm not alone. Uh, in his book, oh, I think it was the. Uh, how to Destroy America in Three Simple Steps or something like that was the name of the book by Ben Shapiro. He mentions this as well. And then, of course, in this book, Jonathan Kahn, The Return of the Gods, uh, same kind of understanding that we are going back to the kind of, we are going back to paganism, the kind of paganism that you see in the Old Testament, where you have, we do this, we do this, we believe this, we like this, we follow this, and there are demonic forces behind these things, right? Take a couple of examples, such as, right? The um, the the huge focus, or not huge, maybe it's not huge, but I mean, 
this focus on ufology. There's lots of it, okay? People searching for something, people wanting more, and they think it's out there in science, falsely so-called, right? Uh, in these, in UFOs and all this stuff. Then there's a massive move in things like New Age, the occult, right? And so you've, we've got our gods. Our gods are masters of tech. Our gods are, you know, alien, inter interdimensional beings that we speak to after, you know, doing a bunch of ayahuasca and uh, getting high and doing shrooms and whatever, all right? And then over here, we've got crystals and, and um, out-of-body experiences and, uh, you know, getting hyped up in a, in a, a peyote-filled sweat box, okay? All right, what is this? What is going on? Paganism. It's paganism. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of stuff the Canaanites did. <laughs> They're truly, the Bible is so true. There, there truly is nothing new under the sun. Nothing new under the sun. Okay, we, we exchange the belief in fairies for a belief in uh, interdimensional uh, beings from another world. But that's, I mean, they're pretty much the same thing. Right? Pretty much the same thing. Um, and, and, and that's the issue, right? We're, we're back and we're returning. And in this book, he is making the, making the claim. He's kind of walking through it. And I will actually do a little bit of, uh, I'm, I'm, this will probably be, I don't know, three-parter, two-parter, three-parter, four-parter, I don't know. But I, I will, I'll, I'll dig into a little bit of what, like some of the connections and things he's making. Um, but he, he is making that case that what we are seeing is these forces. Now that the sort of the, 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 uh, the walls have been torn down, the walls of protection of we are behind this wall of Judeo-Christian heritage, Judeo-Christian foundation. Are we perfect? No. Are there things that uh, we don't, sometimes we look at the word of God and we're not completely living up to it or there are tweaks along the way that we need to make to be better? Sure, but we have abandoned it. Okay, we have abandoned it. Barack Obama, when was that? 2008, 2012, or whatever. Um, he gets up and he, you know, we are no longer a Christian nation. We are a nation. We are a nation of everybody. No, we are not. We are not. But when the leader, the elected leader of a nation, gets up and says something so foolish, God pays attention. Oh, okay. And you know who else pays attention? Yeah, that's right. Oh. All right, you know, free reign. And then, of course, you have all these other forces contributing to it, the weakness of the, of, the, of the church in America. Now, there's a lot of great things happening. There are, there's a lot of focus on, uh, you know, revival and coming back to God. I'm not trying to diminish that, but I am saying, by and large, the, the overarching, at least right now, the overarching kind of picture of Christianity and the things in, in, in this country is people that are either, I'm prophesying for Trump, right? I'm team Trump, yeah. Or it's people that, again, our, our Savior is who? Trump? No. No. What? Our Savior is Jesus Christ. And if Trump lines up with Jesus Christ, then great. Awesome. That's terrific. But it's not enough to say he's better than the other guy. What about this, 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 and this? These things need to change, all right? We need to clean the swamp, but, you know, the Bible says that when an unclean spirit goes out of a person, comes back and finds that place swept and empty, it just goes, gets, goes and gets seven more spirits worse than itself and comes back and re-inhabit the place, okay? What we need, what we need is a true return 
to absolute Judeo-Christian principles. That means, oh, some of my Christian brothers and sisters are not going to like this. That means Judeo-Christianity in our laws. That means Judeo-Christianity in our ways of life. That means Judeo-Christianity in our political processes. That means Judeo-Christianity in everything. Our problem in America is we have separated, right? We have separated our spiritual life and the rest of our life. And that did not happen, okay, with the founding fathers. That happened with pagans, okay? Liberal Democrats, okay, who are uh, at best... Okay, often, now maybe you're a liberal Democrat, you put yourself in that mindset and you think that, and you're an absolute avid kingdom person, I would say go read your Bible a little bit more because I, I'm not certain, <laughs> depending on how much you support in that camp, I'm not certain that you're going to be consistent with your beliefs, okay? But this liberal um, push, this left-wing push of in the, in the 60s, for instance, right, getting God kicked out of our schools. God kicked out of the public square. God, and you know what? I'm not blaming just the the lefties. I'm not just, it's not, oh, it's all their fault. They, no, 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 no. You know who didn't do anything? You know who didn't stand up? There weren't not enough people standing up and saying, absolutely not, that's not going to happen. No way that's happening on my watch. Zero chance that's happening. The church was, oh yeah, you know, you're Christian and private, but you know, your public life, there's separation of church and state, you know, and all that stuff. That's what happened. Now I'm telling you what needs to happen in this country. If we are going to have a turnaround, of course we need major revival. I believe in that. I believe in uh, sweeping moves of the spirit, but it is not going to turn our nation around. If we have sweeping moves of the Spirit and then people go into their daily lives, into these corporations, into schools, into the school system, into the again the mountains of culture, into politics, and they keep those separated. They need to be at the forefront. Our laws need to be... What's wrong? They, 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 they used to display the Ten Commandments regularly in courthouses. That needs to happen again. Not just the display, but in our hearts, this is where this comes from. But the problem is, right, when we make a bunch of laws that make adultery okay, pretty much, right, and then you have thou shalt not commit adultery in the background, eh, it's not going to be a good good photo op, so we got to take those down. That's the problem. We need a nation that is not going to succumb to the onslaught of demonic forces that is coming and is now working in our country. And if you are listening to this and you are like, this is what we need, I'm um, there's a witness in your spirit like this. Yes, what he's speaking is true. You, We need to bind together. We need to be praying for this kind of thing. We also need, again, where do you hear this kind of teaching? Where do you hear this kind of talking? Are people doing it? Yes. Jonathan Kahn is. I'm not like some lone voice out there somewhere, but not enough people yet. We need more and more people truly harping on the need for kingdom, right? Guys like Gary DeMar, right? Again, do I agree with everything on you know theologically? No, we can have that theological debate, but how about we have the the Christian society in which we can have a theological debate? All right, uh, but this is what I'm saying: we need to be kingdom minded in all that we do, not just here's my spiritual life. I, can, I, I I'm glad I'm I'm glad I'm born again. I'm glad I'm making it to heaven. I'm going to church on Sunday. And then here's the rest of my life where I go to work and I vote and I do all that stuff. And that, that you know, God doesn't really enter in there. That needs to stop. That has to stop. 
and we need to make Jesus Lord and King of this nation again. I don't mean, oh, we love you, Jesus, high five, and then we turn around and make all our laws like we don't like Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We want the blessings, but we don't want you telling us what to do. That's not making Jesus Lord. When Jesus is Lord, when Jesus says, yes, we do it. When he says, no, we don't. When Jesus says, these are the parameters for family, then those are the parameters. When Jesus says, these are the parameters for daily life and daily living, this is how you're supposed to raise your kids, this is how, guess what? That's what's supposed to happen. And when he gives us insight into the character uh, that he desires, then our laws should reflect a push in that direction, not the opposite direction. It doesn't make any sense to do that. Okay, And for too long, Satan has blinded and he has uh, deceived leaders in the church, organizations in the church, individuals in the church, families, deceive people into thinking, well, we just live our life as the church and then whatever happens out there just happens. No, I am telling you we need a revival where Jesus Christ is actually Lord and King of our nation, Right? People love to quote 2 Chronicles. If my people are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, right? Seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Then, right? What was that last one? Turn from their wicked ways. Then will I what? Hear from heaven. Forgive their sin and what? Heal their land. Do we want our land healed? Then we can't have a sacred life and a secular life division. We got to go back and say, no, they're one. They're, I'm, it's one life. And I'm a Christian, and that's what I'm pushing. That's what needs to happen. Not in a, I'm going to punch you in the face as a Christian way, or we're going we're gonna, to you know, round people up and assassinate them. That's not, you don't see any of that anywhere in the Bible. God does not condone that kind of thing. Even in the Old Testament, when you see them going in and judging the land of Canaan, for instance, but that was not like a blank check, carte blanche, like just uh, just go in and every nation you come up against, just eradicate them. That's not what was happening. God was pronouncing judgment on these evil nations that he had given them space to repent, and they did not, okay? They were evil nations. They were away from him. He used Israel to go in and judge them, and that was that. And then he, and then he showed them how to be a nation, Okay, and then guess what? He turned around and did the same thing to them when they were going off straight. When they were going astray, they're going off course. Guess what? He used the Assyrians. He used the Babylonians to come and do the same thing to them. He uses nations to judge other nations. All right, but it wasn't like the people of Israel just got to go out there and slaughter and kill and rape and pillage and plunder and do <laughs> do whatever they wanted to do as long as God was on their side. That was never a thing. Okay, go read your Old Testament. You know, go get it right. Go get it straight. Go figure out like what the truth is. And what we need in this nation is not people taking up swords or grabbing their guns and going and shooting people and storming the government and killing people. What we need is people returning back to Judeo-Christian principles in their own personal life, which we're going to be talking about all throughout the month of May. And then that needs to expand to their families. It needs to expand to their churches and communities. And it needs to impact the entirety of our nation so that we can prevent the return of the... I, I promise you, you, we do not want Chemosh and, and Baal and uh, all, these <laughs> right, all these different entities just running wild in our country. We do not want that. 
We have a lot of it going on right now, and that's why we see a lot of what we see. And as the church, I'm begging you, share this. Talk, share this video. Talk to people about this. But more than anything, pray it and live it. You, me, pray it and live it. Every day, we are kingdom. We are kingdom. We are, we are the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is not supposed to be off hiding in the cave, hoping that Jesus comes and rescues them. The kingdom of God is supposed to be out there as a light. Set. We are set, what, the city on a hill. So everybody can see it, right? We are the light. So everybody can see it. <laughs> okay? <laughs> That's the point. We're supposed to be living it, pushing it, breathing it all. All, 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 all the time. So I hope that has helped. I hope that uh, gives you a little bit of my heart and also some of the things I'm looking into and reading and just, I've been on this vein for a long time now, a long time, you know, years now. And it just, it just came, it just came out, came flowing out of me today because again, this book and just things God's been doing. And I'm telling you, this is what our nation needs. We don't need to reset back to, back when it was good, the 1950s or 1940s, or we need to go all the way back to Judeo-Christian principles. Where in our society are we abandoning these? We need to get back to them. 100%, not 99% is good enough. We need to get back to them. Once you open the door, it's only a matter of time before the thing is completely in, crumbled, off its hinges, and here comes the return of the gods, okay? That is my position. I'm telling you, I believe we can have great revival. We can have an amazing move of the Holy Spirit across this nation. But once that happens, right, if God is so gracious to give us that, once that happens, we need people to turn around, get up out of that prayer service or get to come away from the altar or whatever, and then go and impact their world so we can have what? Our Lord, Savior, and King reigning in this nation once again. Love you guys. Hope that has helped. Please share this with people. Comment on the video. Get that algorithm you know, working a little bit for us. We love you. God bless you. We'll catch you on the next podcast.